Oh, Bretto. What's up, MP? Damo just called. Yeah? He thinks there's going to be 100,000 people at the Wellness Summit. Oh, again? He thinks we're bigger than Michael Jackson, the Rolling Stones, and the Beatles all put together. Damien Christoph has gone completely mad. Did you know he's made eight tons of forage? What? <laughs> and now he wants you and I to help him get rid of it. Oh, Damo. So, look, being the good friends that we are, we've asked him. You mean forced? Well, we've kind of twisted his arm to make him literally give his forage away to 100 lucky Wellness Summit attendees. So if you're ready to enrol for our signature two days of inspiration, education and empowerment and entertainment. What do you mean, MP? Well, Australian Idol winner Wes Carr makes his Wellness Summit debut this year, Bretto. Wes Carr, you'll be guilty. So if you're ready to be entertained, head on over to thewellnesssummit.com and get four value bags of forage muesli or one bag each of paleo, muesli, bircher and porridge when you register. Now, all you need to do is register for this two-for-one special, bring a buddy, bring a friend, bring a family member or a colleague and then choose your forage selection, four muesli or four assorted and get four bags per attendee. That's eight bags per double pass. That's almost 250 bucks of forage for free when you register for the Wellness Summit on August 25-26 at the Collingwood Town Hall in Melbourne. That's 150 serves of breakfast. Almost six months of breakfast just for registering for the Wellness Summit. Well, it's first in best dressed. These 100 tickets are only available until June 18 or until sold out. All the details of this special offer, all the topics, featured speakers and more are over at thewellnesssummit.com. Thanks for making eight tons of forage, Damo. Thewellnesscoach.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. My name is Marcus Pierce, and as always, it gives me great pleasure to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother, the sensational human being, that is Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, legend. Hello, legend. So great to be here with you again. It's Thanks for the great intro. Oh, mate, my pleasure. But this is a large part in, um, well, you're a large reason for today's guest and today's um, episode demo because our guest on 100 Not Out today is a big part of the Wellness Couch family, but a name that probably most, if not all of our listeners, uh, not all, no, most of our listeners would never have heard of. She's not a podcaster. She's not a health professional. I don't think she's been interviewed on one of our podcasts, but if you ask any of our long-time podcasters, they will tell you about Tess Lee. Tess has been to the Wellness Summit. She's been to the Wellness Breakthrough. She sees you, Damo, for regular chiropractic care. She has regular contact with many listeners of the podcast on the couch. And in February this year, Tess, who's a wife and a mother of two, sent Lawrence, Brett, yourself, Damo, and me an email sharing her upfront... Um, well, in an upfront way, in an almost darkly humorous way, um, some news, and it was some very disturbing news for all of us, and that was that Tess had been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. At age 34, Tess is one of the more than 12 million people in our global village who uh, will be diagnosed with cancer this year, and we believe at the Wellness Couch that she's one of the more gracious and inspirational uh, people that is living with cancer. To find out why and to hear the story of Tess Lee, it's a very Gracious 100 Not Out Welcome. Tess, welcome to the podcast. 
<laughs> thank you very much. That was a very lovely introduction. Thank you. <laughs> Feeling very humbled. Tess, it strikes me as a few. It's it, look, let me just start again. It's so great to have you on here and to have you sharing your story with us. This um this podcast should give people some perspective. There's a lot of people out there a bit frantic about stuff. There's people that are worried about little things. Um, but this should give people some perspective. Um, a few years ago, actually, you sent um all of us. You sent the boys, the wellness couch or the wellness guys, and Marcus a uh, an email that told us that uh, you've been following a wellness lifestyle, you've been doing great things, living everything, doing the whole lot, felt pregnant, and then you were diagnosed during your pregnancy with cancer. And uh, and I think at that point, all four of us, probably even without knowing it, broke down into, you know, a sadness and some of us had some tears and we we're like going, what? How does this happen? And I suppose we all stood there and started to question, what is it that we're doing and does it actually uh, really help people and you had this beautiful optimism and you kept on going and in, in your letter that was very long um, and and but excellent at the same and excellent at the same time and then we thought you must have just got through it like we thought you know you had the baby um, that uh, was that Benny or Freddie who was that that must be Benny yeah Benny um, so you had Benny and then um, and then you diagnosed with stage four cancer and you sent us another letter this year and yeah. uh, and we were shocked, and I know Marcus cried, um, I cried, and uh, and then we reached out, and you and I have been you know catching up regularly ever since, and uh, and I really appreciate that, and I love taking care of you and, and looking after you. Tell us more about your story, Tess, and and kind of tell us how it's um, changed your worldview, how it's uh, affecting or has affected your life, and and where to from here. Yeah, well, it's um, it's interesting hearing other people talk about it because it, it's such a, I mean, I guess everyone's life is so personal and, um, uh, yeah, a thing that will probably throw a lot of people, but for me it's really grounded me. I think I'm, I'm a much better person. And when you say, you know, when I initially emailed you guys when I was first diagnosed and um, I reflect on that time in my life, I really thought I was doing all the right things. And so at the time it really threw me because, you know, I was I was pregnant and I thought I was exercising really well and eating well and living a wellness-based lifestyle, but on reflection, I probably wasn't. Uh, I definitely wasn't. You know, we'd been through a period of immense stress. We'd bought an apartment, renovated the apartment, moved in from a three-bedroom house to a one-bedroom apartment with you know, a toddler and us. Um, that would I'd be stressful. Of <laughs> itself, right? Like throwing out things and then, you know, we've kind of moved through this period of I had massive changes at work and I was pregnant so I get quite bad morning sickness. So I was just eating whatever would stay down, um, which on reflection wasn't great. So that initial diagnosis really threw us. Um, I was 20 weeks pregnant and it had never occurred to me that I would get cancer. We just, we've never had cancer in my family. So um, it wasn't on our radar at all. Um and then having to make some really serious decisions around, you know, do we keep our baby? Are we able to keep our baby? What does this mean? Do I defer my treatment? Do I get treatment while pregnant? It was this whole world of uncertainty that we didn't know about and it's, it, it is reasonably unusual. So there's not a whole lot of, you know, clinical evidence to say what is safe for your child if you have cancer and, and you're pregnant. Um, but we're really lucky in Australia. I got some great medical advice and I had surgery and I, um, unfortunately the cancer had moved to my lymph nodes. So I had to have two different surgeries 
in the one go, which was a lumpectomy and an auxiliary clearance. Um, and a fun fact about surgery while pregnant is that you don't get the good painkillers. So that was on Panadol, uh, my recovery, which was pretty. Whoa, far out. That's full on. Jesus, I didn't know that. That's a fun fact. Um, but look, I got to keep Benedict. I had chemo all through my pregnancy, which as someone who believes in wellness um, was pretty confronting. Um, and because of that and my own um, fears around that, I just shut down any conversation. I, I couldn't do anything wellness-based. I was just in the clinical care model. And when we had Benedict, unfortunately, he had a lot of issues himself. Um, he went into intensive care. I was in recovery. My husband and um, other son were at home. And it was a really dark period of um, just deep depression um, and fear that this cancer would come back. And sure enough, a few days later, my milk dried up and we found a seven and a half centimetre lump in my right breast again. And um, it was really linked into my blood supply and suddenly it was this, these two cancer diagnoses in six months with a baby in intensive care and a toddler at home. And it was a really rough period. Um, but I had my mastectomy and, and I started some pretty hardcore treatment, which was radiation every day and chemo twice a week. Um, by that stage, we had Ben Holmes. So that was, you know, a six-week-old, a three-year-old and going into hospital every day for treatment. Um, but I, it started turning my mindset around. It's very unusual that chemotherapy won't work and especially the type of chemo I was on for the type of cancer that I had. And... It was a wonderful wake-up call for me of, okay, I can't just rely on Western medicine. I have to complement it as best I can. So I would go to chemotherapy in the morning, radiation therapy in the afternoon, straight to my personal trainer and work out as best I could. Um, and eventually I was given the all clear in August last year, um, which was just a wonderful cause for celebration. Um, but then it was me trying to come to terms for six months, trying to come to terms with the ramifications of my treatment, which is I've got lymphedema in my right arm, um, radiation pneumonitis in my right lung, all my balance was off. I had peripheral neuropathy, which means I couldn't feel my fingers or toes, so I was falling over a bit. And um, because I've been on steroids for six months, essentially, I'd put on 10 kilos, um, plus, you know, C-section and all of those other complications to do with pregnancy. So I was a bit of a mess. And by the time I finally... I suppose, came through the other side of that and started feeling well again, I had my first proactive PET scan, which did pick up more cancer. So then that um, that turned into stage four cancer. But um, the great thing that's come out of that is that it's forced me to re-examine my life in a really wonderful way. It's made me, I've, it's like the ultimate practice in meditation that you have to, um, you can go to the dark place or you can, you know, f feel sad for what's happened in the past. But my present, my present moment, this very moment is absolutely perfect. Now I've got two healthy and happy kids, a beautiful husband. I have no symptoms from my cancer at all, no side effects from my treatment really. I'm healthy, happy, fit. I exercise every day. I live a really beautiful life and I can't complain. And it's put all of that into perspective for me, I think, that there's a dark thing that's coming for all of us. You know, we're all going to die one day. We're all, we all have the possibility of something terrible happening one day but it's not today. So I don't worry as much. I'm a lot more, yeah, just peaceful than I ever have been, which is a real blessing. So yeah, wow. I don't feel sad, which it is just, interesting. 
You've just said there, you know, we're all going to die one day but not today and I'm just writing that down. It sounds to me like you've really <laughs> mastered the art of, um, you know, as much as possible living living in the moment rather than getting, you know, anxious about the future or guilty about the past. Um, yeah. You know, you've mm-hmm. really made an effort to, to live it almost sounds, you know, oversimplistic, but like one day at a time, which is a wonderful, wonderful philosophy. But I suppose the question that I have, and and maybe a lot of people listening, is, you know, how do you, how do you navigate your way from, you know, from a, a diagnosis to this empowering lifestyle? You you seem to epitomise someone that is living with cancer, not dying from cancer, if that makes sense. You know, you as you said, you live symptom free, you live a beautiful life. Um, you you are you are living a more fulfilling life than than people that don't have cancer but are almost living as if they're dying from cancer, if that makes sense. You know, they hate their job, they can't stand their family, they don't see their friends, they they eat crap, they don't go on holidays, all this type of, you know, stuff. You seem to be living life to the max. But how do you get how, you know, on reflection how do you feel like you've navigated that? Because if you were in the, 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 I don't know, I just call them the mediocres, but if you were in everyone else's group, you'd be telling a story of poor me and this sucks and why me? I've got two kids. I'm, in, I'm only 34. This shouldn't be happening to me. Like, how do you get over all of that? It's a good question. It, uh, look, a lot of it is, some of it comes just down to personality, I think. I'm a, I'm a naturally pretty optimistic person. Um, but then the lifestyle you were describing about the people who aren't well, that was me before I got cancer. And then now it's not. So it's a good question because I'm so happy. I've done a lot of reading. Um, I have done a lot of listening to great podcasts, a a lot of, um, just time in nature is probably the biggest thing. I do a lot of hiking, a lot of, you know, bushwalking, swimming, paddleboarding, whatever I can do to get out into nature. Um, and I guess just examining the life life cycles of life and realizing that that's all of us and it's okay. It's great that we're all going to die. It makes this day so precious, um, that, you know, my, my son and I, my four-year-old and I, we have a, um, a saying that we're allowed to say to each other whenever we want, which is, is it a big deal? And so no matter what's happening in the day, you know, I can get, I still can get quite anxious, but, um, you know, if I'm trying to get them out to childcare on time, he'll just look at me and go, Mum, is it a big deal? <laughs> that is so good. I love that. That is so good. For a four-year-old, I love that. Yeah, yes, cool. we, just, we try and just put as much fun in our lives, try and live authentically, um, a lot of meditation and just, I guess, it, it. look, it took me stage four cancer to live like that. You know, I can't say that even when I had stage three cancer, I wasn't this happy. So it's a weird paradigm and mm. maybe it's um, surrendering rather than trying to control. And fight, you know? yeah. My mum has this politically incorrect gross one-liner but I do agree with it. She said sometimes we all need a tragedy in our life just to remind us how precious life really is. Um, yeah, and she says it when people are whinging about little things, so to speak. But you clearly, again, it sounds like you've, you've mastered this. But I, I want to know, and I still put a dot, dot, dot most of the time because like you say, you know, there are days when you're anxious about getting in the car to make sure, you, you know, your kids get to an appointment on time. But was there a moment or was there an epiphany or a time where you go, all right, enough of this toxic belief system of, you know, whatever it is, you know, a feeling of mediocrity and, and a feeling of not appreciating life. Like was it something that you read or an experience that you had that caused you to, 
quote unquote wake up and smell the roses? I don't think, oh, no, look, there probably was. I think it was when, when I was in last year for my 33rd birthday, I was mid chemotherapy and um, my baby was, Ben was probably, what, two months old. And I got a virus the day before my birthday and spent my birthday in hospital <laughs> by myself. Um, and at that stage, my prognosis looked terrible. So I thought, oh, this is my last birthday I'm ever going to have. And I'm by myself in hospital. Uh, this really sucks. Um and I, I do a lot on Instagram and I was looking at a whole lot of different, you know, um, it sounds silly, but a whole lot of different accounts on Instagram and just writing down a lot of the things that I wanted to do, um, a lot of the adventures I wanted to have. And I wrote a piece for a group called Adventure Mummers and, and I sent it to them, um, to Justine, who is amazing. And I said, hey, can I be your friend, basically, uh, like the loser that I am? And she was beautiful and I've become part of their community and, and I guess it's that reaching out and um, just going, well, stuff it. They're not going to come to me. People aren't going to come and knock on my door and offer me free cuddles and, you know, make my life better. It's really incumbent on me of reaching out and um, being part of life that gets you into life, you know. So um, they were beautiful and they embraced me with open arms and um, that probably gave me the confidence to really kind of step forward and embrace my life. Tess, um, you, um, like you're a sharer, which I love, and you come into the practice and you light the group up and you, you have some chats in our practice and, um, and they're open. Like our practice is an open plan and you're, not, um, you're definitely not backward in coming forward and, and the way in which you share to um, move some of my patients to just kind of reflect and they'll be lying there as you're getting adjusted, they'll listen to your little conversations and that you'll leave the room and they'll go, is has she got cancer? And and I'll go. Well, you know, she's got a challenge at the moment, and they, they go, she's amazing, she's incredible, and um, and I think that part of the way in which you 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 know flit around, some people would call it crop dust, but I don't think you crop dust. I think you actually leave glitter everywhere where you go. You actually leave a, a piece of you everywhere you go, and uh, you you sent us a little poem which was. Beautiful. Um, that um, that I'd love you to to read for us, and actually, well, actually, it was, a, it was a prayer that you sent to us, and I'd love for you to you know read that for us because I think that gives some perspective about how you view what's going on with you at the moment, and uh, I think it'll really help um, people listening to this kind of you know view a challenge like this in their life um, differently, and and it's beautiful. It's so lovely because um, it really will give everybody a bit of a sprinkle um, of of who you really are, Tess. Sure. Would you do that for us? Yeah, absolutely. It's a um, it's a non-denominational poem, so or prayer, so it's not um, just in case anyone's tuning out. Um, and yeah, it's something that really resonated with me um, in learning how to respect your body in the way it probably deserves. So it's called the felt sense prayer. I am the pain in your head, the knot in your stomach, the unspoken grief in your smile. I am your high blood sugar your elevated blood pressure, your fear of challenge, your lack of trust. I am your hot flashes, your cold hands and feet, your agitation and your fatigue. I am your shortness of breath, your fragile lower back, the cramp in your neck, the despair in your sigh. I am the pressure on your heart, the pain down your arm, your bloated ab abdomen, your constant hunger. I am where you hurt, the fear that persists, your sadness of dreams unfulfilled. I am your symptoms, the causes of your concern, the signs of your imbalance, your condition of disease. 
You tend to disown me, suppress me, ignore me, inflate me, coddle me, condemn me. I am not coming forth for myself as I am not separate from all that is you. I come to garner your attention, to enjoin your embrace so I can reveal my secrets. I have only your best interests at heart as I seek health and wholeness by simply announcing myself. You usually want me to go away immediately, to disappear, to sleep back into obscurity. You mostly are irritated or frightened and many times shocked by my arrival. From this stance, you medicate in order to eradicate me. Ignoring me, not exploring me, is your preferred response. More times than not, I am only interested in, uh, I'm only the most recent notes of a long symphony, the most evident branches of roots that have been challenged for seasons. So I implore you, I am a messenger with good news, as disturbing as I can be at times. I am wanting to guide you back to those tender places in yourself, the place where you can hold yourself with compassion and honesty. If you look beyond my appearance, you may find that I am a voice from your soul calling you from places deep within you that seek your conscious alignment. I may ask you to alter your diet, get more sleep, exercise regularly, breathe more consciously. I might encourage you to to see a vaster reality and worry less about the day-to-day fluctuations of life. I may ask you to explore the bonds and wounds of your relationships. I may remind you to be more generous and expansive or to attend to protecting your heart from insult. I might have you laugh more, spend more time in nature, eat when you are hungry and less when pained or bored. Spend time every day, if only for a few minutes, being still. Wherever I lead you, my hope is that you will realise that success will not be measured by my eradication, but by the shift in the internal landscape from which I emerge. I am your friend, not your enemy. I have no desire to bring pain and suffering into your life. I am simply tugging at your sleeve, too long immune to gentle nudges. I desire for you to allow me to speak to you in a way that enlivens your higher instincts for self-care. My charge is to realize, to energize you to listen to me with a sensitive ear and heart of a mother attending to her precious baby. You are a being so vast, so complex, with amazing capacities for self-regulation and healing. Let me be one of the harbingers that leads you to the mysterious core of your being, where insight and wisdom are naturally available when called upon with a sincere heart. See it. Beautiful. Beautiful. Gorgeous. Isn't it? It's, um, it just brings back the humanity in disease um, and challenge. I think it's just beautiful. I, I love it. I love it that um, you see that as symptoms that guide you in making decisions that uh, can help you. It's great, Tess. Great. Yeah, it's a good one. So. Yeah. It is a good one. Hey, Tess, um, the other day you and I were chatting and you told me, and you may want to share this with our listeners, you told me that a test came back and um, and it was pretty good news. Do you want to share that with us? Yeah. So, look, um, one of the there's a lot of different ways that um, we judge how cancer is progressing in your body and, and the most accurate way is a, is a PET scan or, you know, an um, imaging scan. But Another way that I've, I've never had these markers before, but there are things called tumour markers that are in your bloods that, I don't know, show how your disease is progressing. And for the first time, this third time that I've been diagnosed with cancer, um, I seem to have tumour markers, which is very exciting. Um, and, <laughs> well, it's good because it's another way of judging. Yeah, it's another measure. It's another measure, isn't it? Yeah. It's not me getting radiation pumped into me and going through a crazy scan. Um, 
and I've been getting some crazy treatment and my markers have dropped right down into a very normal range for a non-cancer human. Wow. Um, which, yes. Yeah, look, it's really exciting. I've made a lot of changes to my lifestyle and um, it's really lovely to see them potentially reflected in, you know, the onset or progression of my disease in that it's either stabilising or potentially going backwards. And um, one of the big challenges in, in my situation is to not, hold on to anything, um, try not to hold on to the negative emotions or even, you know, the positive emotions. So um, I'm trying not to hold too tight to these results, but I see them as a, a great um, encouragement to the lifestyle changes I've been making to really just back myself and back my body and um, hope that, you know, miracles do happen um, and, you know, I'm hoping for that for me. Um, and just really, yeah, believing in the, the power of my own body to, to help heal this. You're a wise soul, Tess Lee. It's been an absolute joy to uh, listen to you. Um, it's, it's something that we could probably do for hours on end and we haven't, we've hardly scratched the surface. Um, I, think it's, I think it's apt that we haven't really spoken about. Uh, you said that there's a lot that you've done um, with your lifestyle and I think it was I think it's I think it's appropriate that we don't talk about all the techniques and the little things because people tend to um, like you said they attach themselves to good news or bad news or this or that um, and I think it's really important that we that we don't get caught up in the in those things I think the, the story that you share is inspirational and um, yeah can't thank you enough for joining us I know there is a quote that you have come across recently that um, you would love to share and we would love you to share it with our listeners. Would you be able to wrap up this uh, episode of 100 Not Out with uh, your new favorite quote? Yes, I can absolutely do that. So this is a quote that um, it has helped me a lot in trying to deal with um, adverse situations with dignity and it's by the ever-wise Marcus Aurelius. Uh, what a great is- first name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and it goes something like this. It is my bad luck that this has happened to me. No, you should rather say it is my good luck that although this has happened to me, I can bear it without pain, neither crushed by the present nor fearful for the future. Because such a thing could have happened to any man, but not every man could have borne it without pain. So why see more misfortune in the event than good fortune in your ability to bear it? Wow. Talk about taking yeah. responsibility, hey? And that's that's yeah. just, there is so much power in that. You've said so many things. I urge all of our listeners to go back and listen um, to this episode because the two recitations from you, Tess, are full of gold nuggets and I've written down a number of one-liners that um, I just want to ponder over because there's some absolute, um, it's just, yeah, uh, laden with gold, this episode. So thanks so much for your wisdom. We must recommend to all of our listeners that love a bit of social media, Get onto Instagram and check out Tess's work at Tiny Green Hands. There's an underscore between uh, Tiny Green and Green Hands. But um, get on there to just check out what Tess is up to. And uh, Tess, like we like to wish every single one of our guests on here, may the rest of your life, Tess Lee, continue to be the best of your life. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Tess. Damo, as always, thanks for joining us and for organising uh, this interview and for, oh, really for your support of Tess during this time as well. And no doubt, and I know Tess has said it in emails, but the support of people like yourself, Damo, um, uh, particularly for people like Tess that are going through massive life chapters and challenges, people like yourself, Damo, are um, 
they're not a dime a dozen or whatever the word is. They're, we need more people like you, Damo. So thanks for people like you that uh, support people like Tess through these challenges. It's absolutely um, appreciated to no end. Thank you, Pala. Thank you. It's my pleasure. We, we love your feedback, listeners. You can go to thewellnesscouch.com, check out 100 Not Out there, go to our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash 100 Not Out, make sure you spell it all out. Keep in mind, there are over 23 podcasts on The Wellness Couch, over 2,000 episodes, all 100% free at thewellnesscouch.com, including the foundation show, the number one show, The Wellness Guys. Give this podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. And until next week, as always, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This year, The Wellness Summit returns. I realized in this time that I couldn't keep waiting for love from other people. I couldn't keep expecting love from other sources. But I had to give that to myself. Yanni says, I don't care if everyone says that the kitchen is the woman's world. He says, I'm going to prepare food. I love my own cheese. I love my own wine. I don't care what you think of my new flat screen TV. He just loves company. I started asking myself more often, what do I want? Such a simple question, isn't it? But when you think that, and I'm sure all of you sitting there, when you think that, something springs into your mind. And there's something there that you want that you haven't been doing for yourself. Brett Hill and Marcus Pierce feature at the 2018 Wellness Summit. Bigger and better than ever. Tickets on sale Friday, May 4 at thewellnesssummit.com. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.